Yo, what up, P? This is Jay Dewan, a.k.a. Jay Loco. Just want to give you a shout-out on the dope-ass podcast, man. Keep spitting them facts, bringing the heat, you know what I'm saying? Much love for the morning, P. Let's fuck shit up. On this episode, I'm joined by my first-ever guest, Lamar Chantmaker-Wright and Big Phil from the Everyday Talk podcast. Come in, sit down, and we're talking all about the word nigger. Be prepared. This is a good one. Coming up next on The Morning P. Good morning. Stop counting. Wake up and get your paper. Good morning. Stop counting. Wake up and get your cake up. Camping. Woo! Good morning. Stop counting. Wake up and get your cake up. It's your boy King Kong, the one and only and the only one. Telling you to wash your face, brush your teeth, because it is time for The Morning P. So without further ado, from the podcast that doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, put your hands together for your host, Podcast P. Woo! Yes! Hey! Welcome back to the Morning P Podcast. I am your host, Parnell Ramlal, and I'm wondering, is a word just a word? A few years ago, I read slave narratives to explore the lives of black agricultural workers after the end of the Civil War. The narratives came from the Federal Writers Project of the Works Progress Administration, a program that employed researchers from 1936 to 1938 to interview former enslaved people, producing more than 2,300 narratives that, thankfully, reside online and are fully researchable. Those whom the law defined as property recounted various unique human experiences, their daily horrors and monotonies, how they freed themselves or learned of their emancipation, the surge of exhilaration upon securing freedom, and how they endured life on the edges of a white supremacist society in the decades thereafter. As I poured over the narratives, I was struck less by their experiences than by how their experiences sculpted their self-perceptions. The best explanation of what I gleaned when what social scientists called internalized oppression describes a psychological trauma that ensues when a person from a stigmatized group believes those negative stigmas. White folks indoctrinated them into accepting their supposed inferiority. These narratives illustrate the success of this campaign of mental terrorism, and no word conveyed the depths of its internalized oppression more than nigger. Now, whenever I hear the epithet, a visual and emotional representation of the heinous process by which a people, my people, were induced to think that they were less than trespasses into my thoughts. After years of the habitual use of the word nigger, I banished it from my speech to honor the humanity that may never saw in themselves. The internalized oppression revealed itself in various ways. Sometimes the former enslaved people clearly, perhaps subconsciously, considered themselves subhuman, just like how their former owners regarded them. Jim Allen, for example, dubbed himself his master's pet nigger boy and a stray and thought himself privileged because he could sleep on the floor beside his master's bed. That he likened himself to a fortunate mangy mutt or frisky feline crushed me. The word laid bare a worldwide that held back folks as a lower order of being. As when Irene Robertson claimed her former master, Mr. Sanders, was mean, in part because he, quote unquote, he beat his wife like he beat a nigger woman. Nigger also signaled antipathy towards fellow black folk. At the end of slavery, Maddie Mormon went north to Wisconsin with a white family for whom she worked. Members of the family wanted her to go to the circus to watch a black boy's performance. She told her interviewer, I guess they thought it would be a treat for me to see another nigga. I told him, Lord, don't you think I see lots, lots more than I wants every day when I was at home? Perhaps more depressing, ironically, was that circumstances sometimes led them to opt against calling a black person a nigger. William Porter stated that some of the Tennessee niggers was called free niggers. There was a colored man in Pulaski, Tennessee who owned slaves, a black man who kept others in bondage, and he's a colored man. Yet those who were owned were niggers. I instantly thought of that spot in the OJ Made in America documentary where this white woman saw black people talking to OJ and she says, look at those niggers sitting with OJ. See, Simpson delights in hearing this because she, quote unquote, knew I wasn't black. She saw me as OJ. Porter's outlook matched that of both the racist white woman and the unspeakable racially deranged OJ. Since reading those narratives, I've noticed this mindset when pursuing the remarks of freed people in other contexts. Black folks rescued the word from the smoldering debris of a violently racist land, reclaimed it, and renovated the slur into a celebration of black camaraderie. Defenders of contemporary uses of nigger repeat this. When this tale collides with reality, however, it shatters as a misreading of history. 
The current use of the word is owed less to white folk calling black folks nigger and more to black folk who thought they were niggers and said so. Black people have hurled the infamous word for nearly as long as white folks have. It exists within black speech now because it existed within black speech then. The uncomfortable truth must be confronted. Absent internalized oppression of those who called white men and women their masters, nigger would probably not be a part of black folks' lexicon. We black folks are reclaiming it not from bigoted white folk, but from our own ancestors, who, sadly, deem their blackness a badge of inferiority. I seek not to usher the word to the gallows. I harbor no aims to kill it. I can still bump a young thug track and chortle at Dave Chappelle routine. Nigger does not bar my enjoyment of Paul culture. My soul, though, winces whenever I hear it. The decision for black people to include it in their vocabulary nonetheless remains personal, and I reject the criticism of black folk who continue to wield it. I say this only to summon the words of former enslaved people from beyond the grave to express that nigger is haunted by the ghosts of hate and the more spiritually chilling ghosts of self-hate. Ah yes, this brings us to the old nigger double standard conversation. To be sure, this is a singularly slippery word with complicated, ugly histories baked into it but we treat it as if there should be clear, simple rules around its usage, so that we might point out transgressors and avoid transgressing ourselves. There shouldn't be a double standard. The arguments go. Just one standard. Here are a few ways folks suggest dealing with this singularly radioactive word. Number one, we can take the venom out of it by assuming ownership of it and using it affectionately. Number two, black people shouldn't use it if they don't want anyone else to use it. Number three, it can never be used in any positive way. Number four, it will just go away if everyone stopped using it. To the extent that any of those prescriptions might be true, it's only the narrowest sense. They presuppose these arbiters who can grant permission to say nigger and set the rules around how it's meant and how it should be said. But of course, there are no rules. There are only contexts and consequences. When non-black folks ask why they can't say it, but black people can, the question misses the point. Anyone can say it but that doesn't mean there won't be fallout for doing so. It's not clear that black people can't say nigger to other black folks without consequences either. Hell, there are even specific places where the world itself is a topic of discussion and in which not saying it might earn you a side eye for your precociousness. In 2013, Gwyneth Paltrow tweeted a photo captioned niggas in Paris for real from a Jay-Z and Kanye West concert in France. It ignited a minor controversy. Now, Russell Simmons, Paltrow's friend, rushed to her defense saying that the actress didn't mean any harm and that didn't go over too well. Because again, it's not within Simmons or anybody else's power to give Paltrow a blanket pass. Paltrow's music industry friends were more forgiving, but the larger Twitterverse, full of people who have different opinions on Paltrow, was predictably much less willing to extend her the benefit of the doubt. Context is central to the way language works. It's why a term of endearment like baby might be affectionate between two lovers at home, but grounds for sexual harassment complaint if a boss were to say it to another employee. The relationships of the speakers to each other matter. Their comparative power, their past with each other, even stuff like who's around them when they say it, this is probably uniquely true of nigger. Like discussing race more broadly, talking about nigger requires us to hold different and at times contradictory ideas in our heads at once. We have to actually acknowledge that we have different histories and live in different spaces. And those spaces come with their own shared or not so shared understandings. And that we can't control which particular histories and power relationships we are invoking when we decide to use certain words. Because we live with that context and not say, in Gwyneth Paltrow's head, that context is always likely to be more powerful and resonant than any speaker's intent. One could argue that black folks use nigga among other specific affectionate intra-racial understanding. But that too is wrong. There isn't one neat, universal black orientation to nigger, as is evidenced by the very different responses to Paltrow's tweet or Chris Rock's infamous black people versus niggas skit. We don't need universal rules around this stuff. Not that we could enforce them even if we had them, but we do need a much better understanding of our context. We need a stronger, more considered sense of why some things are received differently in one place than they are in another. We need to be more thoughtful, more deliberate, and more fluid about the many spaces that we navigate, which require different levels of consciousness and conscientiousness and clarity, so that we aren't misunderstood. And if we venture outside of the very tiny universe of safe behaviors and interactions, we also need to accept that there will be consequences, some good, some disastrous, but none are going to be neat or simple. On with the show. Yes, yes, guys, you heard that. Uh, you heard it from, I guess, the opening monologue, the cold opening, and also the name, 
the title of this episode. We are talking about a word that is uh, it, it's it brings brings a lot of joy to some people, brings a lot of hate to some people, and it's been misconstrued and taken out of context a whole bunch. The word is nigger, or nigger, or any other however way you want to say it. Um, and I don't usually has get, have guests on this show, but what I wanted to do today, guys, is because I don't think I can handle this topic just by myself. I wanted to bring in some friends of mine that I've gotten to know very well over the last little bit here. Um, and you guys have heard their voice before. Um, it is Lamar Chantmaker Wright and Big Phil from the Everyday Talk podcast. Um, they're actually in Toledo right now. Uh, we're doing this via phone call. Um, we're going to try and get the audio as good as possible. Um, so, guys, listen, these are my first guests I've ever had on this podcast. They are well-versed in this topic simply because they are black men living in the United States, and I wanted to have that perspective on this podcast. So, Chant Maker, Big Phil, how you guys doing? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. How y'all doing over there? The champ is here. We're good, man. We're great. We're ready to talk about this nigga topic. Deals. <laughs> hey, listen, you can't be getting that the champ is here, the champ is here off, man. I know you stole that from me, I nigga. stole I it. I heard it. That was some good stuff, man. So, you know, I was brought up to when you like something, just take it. Just take it. Besides yeah. women. You know, besides women. You, you like a woman, you better ask her for it. Don't take that or your ass will be yeah. up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So let me let me just ask you guys a few questions here. We'll get this started off right. What? Uh, let's start with Big Phil. Big Phil, what? How do you feel about the word nigger? Is are we talking er or a? We, we in any in any way you want to say it, any way you want to say it, because I I feel the same way about any way somebody says it. Right. So so like if I get called a nigger by a person that's not my color, other than a nigger, other than a nigger, I do get upset at it. But at, at like when I was younger, man, I'm ready to take their heads off. I don't care who you is. I don't care how old you is. You got to go. As I get older, I look at it as your ignorance. So, but in, on the, uh, the, the other spectrum, if I call somebody a nigga with the A, it's a term of endearment to me. We like, I, I turned it around. How you doing? My nigga, I love you. This is, this is me and this is you. You know what I mean? That's how I use it. Like I said, like somebody called me that then. Now it's they ignorance. I'm because I'm not gonna get out my box. I can't get out my box and because I'm gonna always look wrong, no matter what. I don't care what nobody say. Um, it's a, it, it, a lot of things getting on videos right now and YouTube and all that stuff. But I'm gonna be that person that don't get caught on YouTube and can't prove that they called me a nigger and I beat his ass and I go to jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Right, right. Now, let me let me just ask you this. Actually, no. Let's get the champ first. Champ, Michael, what do you? How do you feel about this, man? How do you feel about the word in general? I, I mean, I use it, you know, like, but I'm careful of how I use it. Okay. I use it around people that I'm around, you know, like if it's my brothers, because you know, I grew up in the in the era where the word nigga was, like Phil said, a term of endearment. That was like my brother. So if I'm amongst you know, all my people, you know, that everybody personally knows me, I'll use it. But if I'm not in that type of setting, a setting I won't use it. And I, I really don't like using it mostly because of my dad, you know, he's 60 years old. He came from that era, the civil rights movement, and he was, uh, you know, he was oppressed with that word. Uh, that word meant something to him. Even to this day, Phil knows that. Yeah, While we're in his house doing his podcast, I just slipped up and said, "In the feel, back of my head," and he might come down here while we're doing it because he's going to hear the word "nigga." <laughs> so if he hears the word "nigga," he's going to come down here and say, "What I tell you about that shit in my house?" Yeah. You know, stop being disrespectful. See, my dad will not play with that word at all. But mm-hmm. as a new generation, so we're yeah, yeah. That's where I was going to get to. I was like, how how do you think like because especially in my group of friends and everything like that. Like the, especially how I grew up, guys were using it, and I was using it very sparingly, right? Um, like we would just use it in, in, when we were with the with our peoples, right? Over the years, I've learned to, and, and it says this in my opening monologue that I've I've abolished the word almost a hundred percent from my from my vernacular, because I think it shines a deeper. There's like a deeper, darker criminal link there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like um, when I use the word now, I feel this. I feel this like. It's it's almost like gut wrenching when I use the word, whether it's a term of endearment or whether I'm saying it to offend somebody, right? I have this I have this like pit in my stomach when I say it. Now I'm not sure if that's because you know I have a little more education like than I than I did when I was younger, or I kind of know the history towards it more, and that's what that's what I'm feeling. But I've almost abolished it from my 
like my vocabulary simply because, you know, I don't want number one, I don't want my son ever using it. Um, and to be a good role model for my son, I have to do things that I want him to do. Right. Um, and then number two, I know the history behind the word and, and I don't think I, I'm, confu- I'm, I'm more confused than anything about this. Right. Cause this, this is, this is one of the words that, you know, we use as black folk all the time about when we, when, like you guys said, it's a term of endearment for our peoples. Right. But when we get called it by somebody that's not our peoples, we get, we get, uh, we get frustrated, we get mad, we get upset, we get, you, you know, it's like, it's almost like we have to have we 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 have forgotten see when you say that you abolished it from what'd you say your vernacular oh, he used, yeah he's <laughs> he using big words here <laughs> so <laughs> when you when you abolish see we we got to understand where the word came from see the word is 100%. nigger comes from a word called niggas niggas was used by people our people in the motherland of africa and it was actually kings. You know, you called each other kings. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, niggas? And so, and mm-hmm. then it went to, you know, in the Latin language as niger, as black. And then when we got impressed with the word, it became nigger. So, I, to me, I wouldn't abolish it out of my, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, we, we just got to understand the history of it, teach the history of it. And niggas, what what can be better than the niggas? You're a king. You're doing everything right. You're doing what you're supposed to be. You stand up. You're a niggas. See, and I think where where my hesitation comes in, I think, is that, you know, we could we could keep using this word over and over, but I mean you guys hear my show, you guys know that my my main goal is to is to pass on information and knowledge to to the Pickney, right? And to the kids and, and to to raise raise a generation greater than the generation I am, right? Same with my father. He wanted to raise somebody better than his generation, right? And I think he accomplished that. Now, if if we're you know, I think the goal in life here is to just progress as humans, right? And evolve in our culture and and evolve in in who we are as people, right? And I think using the word not only puts my people down, but I think it puts them in a in a headspace. And, and in Canada and the U.S., it's different, right? I, I completely understand the the difference in it, right? But in Canada, it's more like if we use it here, it's it's a term of endearment, right? Like I've never heard a white person say that say that in my general vicinity without me smashing a chair over his head. See, a white person, you know, and it, a white person shouldn't be using that different. word either but, way. But, it's, it's but you got some of them that we give our hood passes to. You know what I'm saying? So but, I don't know if okay, we should. So, so okay, the same well, way, the same hold way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. The same way uh, another white person would call another white person a redneck. No, they call them niggas now. I'm not far as in that, but I'm just saying, like, they use a redneck term. No, they call each other niggas. I, I mean, I understand that, but, oh, okay. you know, they use a redneck term. Like, we'll use a redneck, like, man, I'm a fucking redneck, dumb as fuck. You know what I mean? That's a bad thing. And I, what I took from us using nigga is that we turned, like, you know what I mean? Um, Lamar just said the whole history of it, but when we wasn't educated as we are now, we turned the bad thing to a good thing, just like we turned y'all gave us the bag, uh, the bottom of the pig. We gonna eat the chitlins, you yeah, know what I mean? That's a nasty <laughs> shit. It's nasty, but we made it good. The the the, the leftovers. Right. We make the bad thing into a good thing. So you gonna keep calling me a nigger? I'm gonna cut the er off and put an a on it and ter- make it a term of endearment. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna make it something that we can use. You know what I mean? And y'all gonna get jealous of it, and that's what they did. No, but it's something that we right. already used. And they took that from no, us, no, right? To like redirect the language instead of letting you know that you can call yourself a king, we're gonna say not you're not a niggas, you're a nigger. Right. You know what I'm saying? So a nigger is I don't know, I guess the most disgusting uh, thing person. on earth. That's and, the definition yeah. of ignorant. Well no, an ignorant see, and that's the thing. See, in America has me fucked up with that. Because me being biracial, I'm half white. My grandmother had old ass dictionaries. I looked up in one of her dictionaries for the word nigger, and it said a black person. <laughs> and not after into the seventies, it said now it's a, a a person who is ignorant. Come on, man. <laughs> what you think? Yeah. Well, let me ask let, let let me ask you guys this. I mean, do you do you use the word with your kids? You know what? I I got I got six kids. I got um, 
you know, five daughters, one boy. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what, what Jesus, you just fucking, huh? Yeah. Like, is there nothing, there's nothing to do in Toledo except Listen. fuck, huh? You, know, you, my, can, you banging it out, huh? Nah, this thing, I be sleeping. It just be fucking. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not even up. And this is, I wake up like, what the fuck you doing? Hey, I'm like, hey, look, I'm the total opposite. I got one child. Yeah, so I got, I got five daughters. You know, I never called any of my daughters mm -hmm. a nigga. But me and my son, you know, we deal with other things like we're in a boxing gym together. He might do something wrong, and I'd be like, "Nigga, what's nigga?" Okay, so why, so why the difference? Why, why the difference? Why don't you call your why? Why can't you call your or why don't you? I guess call your daughters by the by the by the term nigga because it's a it's, yeah, a, it's, 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 a, it's a brotherhood, you know. That's like um, I don't really call females niggas either, though. So. But I'm saying, yeah, no, I'm saying. So I mean, it's a different word. Like nigga is, you know, more towards your brother as a male, and you know. Uh, you know, like women have taken the bitch word and they call each other bitches, bitch. You know, like you know, <laughs> they do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I've never called any of my daughters a bitch at all. But that's their word. You get what I'm saying? So I never called a female nigga before. Okay. Do you, do you think? Do you think there's um? I mean, the history of the word. I mean, you gave it. You gave a very nice description of the history of the word, and coming up to now, how that word was transformed into what you know slave owners would use, and um. Do you have any feelings toward this internalized oppression that has come from slavery into the United States now? And obviously, I have no, I have no experience with this because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm born and raised in Canada. That's why I wanted to have you guys on because I think, and this is my feeling. You can correct me if I'm wrong, and please do. My feeling is the reason that black folks in the States use the word is because it's been so ingrained into them that they use it. There, there's this whole talk about bringing it back and, and having that power of the word come back to the black folk, right? But I think it's internalized oppression. Now, with internalized oppression, I'm not sure if you realize, but once if you're, it's almost like um, why women stay with abusive husbands. You know what I mean? They've they've been beaten down so much that you know, and and their mental has been so fucked up that they say, you know what, he beats me because he loves me, right? So I take that and I go, it's internalized oppression where my if my man calls me a nigga, you know, okay, cool, but I want to give you the background. This is what it is. And the reason you're saying that to me is because our people have been oppressed and we need to get away from that. That's just my personal feeling. So is it is it different there in the States? Like I feel we should get away from the word nigga. But we can't get Absolutely. Uh, we can't get away from the history of the word, which the 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 real word would be niggas. So we need to mm -hmm. somehow find a way to, you know, let nigga go and put niggas back into play. Because the definition of yeah, but I think I think king. that's too much. That's too much. That's too similar. I feel, man. I think, I think we have to come well, up with. Like I said, that, I love I love saying that's king. The trickery of slavery. You see, you, you know, we can't let these niggas. You know, we can't let these niggas understand the difference between both words. We're just gonna let them understand that nigga is the lowest thing on this earth, not a niggas. You get what I'm saying? So we. Mm -hmm. A niggas is a king, man. We have to embrace that. That that comes, you know, that's where the term comes from. Just because they dirtied it doesn't mean that we shouldn't uh, use it and embrace it. That's us. Black people right now are the only people who does not have an identity, does not have history. Our history, if you look at it as black people, only starts at slavery. What were we before yeah. that? We were great. We were a great nation. Navigators, tradesmen. You know, anything. I mean, so when, when, that's why I want this word niggas to be a part of us because as black folks, we have no history to hold on to. And that is part of our history. And once we start holding well, why, on to our history, we'll be able to find out more of our history. No, I completely understand that. And I completely sympathize, sympathize with that. My only issue is if we're holding on to a word that, yes, we we had originated with that word and then it was used. It was used for oppression for 400 years. And now we're slightly over 100 years out of this thing. Right. And we're still calling ourselves that. Do you think in time that word will will transgress or, or, or will will evolve into something different like i you know you see a lot of different things saying you know a lot of guys will say ninja or king or you know everything you know other different terms right brother even you know what i mean like do you think there's going to be another word there's never going to be another word that that hits as hard as nigga right or nigger right with the hard r right but is there going to be is there ever going to be another word that we can use that will take the place of that word niggas 
I'm just, I'm, I'm, I gotta keep going back to it because if I call you a nigga, like if you don't know the history and I just say, man, what's up, niggas? What is it gonna have you do? You know, what the fuck is that? Hashtag. You know what is that? You're gonna have to look that word up. He called me a niggas, so it might be similar, but it's it's really not similar because if I called you a nigga, you know what that means. But if I called you a niggas, you would do some research and say, oh, he called me a king. All right, my niggas. Would we though? Would we really do the research? Uh, yeah, because really it's something so? foreign to you. If I, oh. if you didn't understand or what that word was, you wouldn't. I, I think the word is so different. It might be similar, but it's so different that niggas and nigga, you would have to see what's the difference in that. You know, what does niggas mean? Like, see, contextually, they're very different contextually, but linguistically, they sound very, very similar. And I think that's where the problem lies, right? Like, if we're gonna use a word to replace nigga. It can't be something that sounds very, very similar. That's just my feeling, though, and I could be wrong on this. And and I try to educate as many people as I can about different words and their meanings and 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 you know multiple meanings for different words. And yes, nigga is a word like that, right? It has different, very different meanings and two two so polar opposite meanings that we almost have to find a word that is different, a hundred percent different vernacularly that uh, that sounds. I don't even know what the word to say. Like it's something that sounds not similar, but something that we all can relate to, right? And I don't know if this is making sense. And you can, you can, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, let's call each other kings and queens. I mean, I get that too. You know? Speaking for, let's say, I, I want to put this in. The speaking room. for all the niggas in the U.S. Yes, <laughs> my, you know, speaking for all the the, the niggas in the U.S. Like, you know, me, I'm I'm who I am. Um, I'm not. Dumb at any fault. I'm educated enough. Motherfucker actually went to college. Believe it you or know not. What I mean, I'm doing me, but I am. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Believe it or not? <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> motherfucker. I, actually I, am, went to I am. I am a street. You know, and I'm gonna say it. I am a street nigga, and I be in the streets. And mm. like, I understand what both of y'all are saying. And it's, it's but you gonna I, stick with that word nigga? That's where it it's looks not like even you're coming me. Down it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm coming, man, nigga. See, right now it's, it's it's three people talking. Yeah. And um, Pocket P, he got his listeners. Um, if our listeners here, we got our listeners. But the hood ain't that. That word is not going anywhere. You're gonna be a big exactly. ass. But, what, but hold on. But no, what no, if there's on, more people like Philip Michael Stewart to okay. be in the hood and educate those people okay, about can, the word? You can, okay. but you yeah. still, you yeah. still gonna have them people on the side. Oh, this. Bitch ass nigga trying to come down. So here. what? This whole ass nigga. I can influence. I can influence yeah, well, you the grows. You can you can influence, and I will influence, and I will go down there, and I will preach the the uh, everything you you know what I mean. What we need to do to change this, but we're gonna still have that core people that not gonna give up using a word. Just but they can just continue to be niggas, then. <laughs> you know. I mean, they is. Yeah. I mean, that's all they know. I mean. That is true. I mean, and they're taking they're taking their cues from, you know, Hollywood, from Hollywood, right? Or from rappers or from movies or whatever they're doing, right? So when we see these things in all in, in the spotlight and being praised, you know, rappers being praised for using the words, you know, we take even in Canada, we take our cues from that. We take our cues from entertainment, right? And I think that's one of the main things we got. We got we got we got rappers coming out of the hood and all they know is hood shit. So they're going to say hood shit on a record. People that don't come from the hood, black people that aren't coming from the hood that are, you know, middle class or upper class, they're hearing this and they're using that vernacular and it's it's drag it's, it's in my in the way I look at it, it's dragging their is dragging their educational purposes down. That's just the way I look at it. Now, if you have let's say you have um like Thomas Sewell Right, or you have Booker T. Washington, and you realize the speeches that these people are making, or JFK, and, you, and, and you're able to see or hear the speeches they're they're saying. Right, they're using, and I'm going to use this quote unquote proper language. Right, they're not using they're not using um I guess slang. You know what I mean? They're not they're 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 not using um. They're not, they're not slurring their words. They're very clear. They're very concise. They know exactly what they want to say, and they have a purpose when they say things. Right, and and they're you know the education of those speeches has kind of gone by the way of the dodo i mean it's not even there anymore because we're we're looking at rappers now um to educate educate the youth because parents don't really have time for it you know what uh malcolm x said about rappers and and movie stars no what he said they're only celebrities because uh, i'm doing the quotation marks the man in america which we mean by the white man us government put them in their places 
as celebrities to black people basically to puppeteer us. That was the word. Oh, dig into that some more. Yeah. So basically, that, that's what it is. So basically, the the, the, the white man, the government, the, you know, who controls everything, would put these, would give these rappers and movie stars that are black this big uh, celebrity status inside the black community just so they could push the white agenda inside of the black community. Okay. I, that's I, what my man I feel that. Malcolm X said, man. No. Don't say nothing bad about Malcolm no, X. No, I'm never going to we'll say nothing bad. We'll fuck around and tear this up over here. I'm never going to say nothing okay. bad about Malcolm X. But my thing is, can't nobody tell me who to look up to. But I'm saying, but it, it doesn't have to tell you if you hear it enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it goes into your subconscious that allows you to make, you know, decisions based off what, what you've been hearing. Right or wrong, podcast. I get it. Podcast. Listen, I, 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 I fully agree with that. I think, you know, the more things we're exposed to, uh, whether that be, you know, uh, everyday hood shit, you know, or whether we're exposed to, you know, um, hood shit. <laughs> they have hoods in Canada, hood shit, right? First of all, let me shout out to yeah. my Canadian uh, yeah. people, man. I've been up there. It's a great country. I love. Look, I feel. Oh, where, where were you? Uh, we went, you know, I went Where, to Windsor, can... I went to Toronto, but I, but every place I went oh, to, okay, I didn't have to feel like, see, if you're you're living in the U.S. and you're black, you you got this like, uh, you know, what to watch for with uh, you know different type of ethnic groups around you. I did not feel that, and when I went into one of the, I don't know what you call them up there, pubs or bars, there was some of the nicest white people I've ever met, man, and didn't have one ounce of racism in them. So I don't know if that's going on up there. <laughs> But I love that. Listen, it, it, it does it does go on. It does go on, but it's very it's like it's not underhanded, but it's like it's ingrained into the culture where we don't even notice it anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's so subtle that even the person saying it doesn't realize that it's racist. You know what I mean? And the person the person hearing it's like, yeah, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Because we don't take especially me. There's a bunch of different feelings from a bunch of different folks, but I don't take things when people say things that are like like my mom, my mom, so my mom's white, right? When we were growing up, she'd like get your cotton picking ass inside the house, right? She didn't know that's racist, but she didn't, but she doesn't understand that. She, but that was like that was like the vernacular coming up when she was a kid, right? So she didn't realize it was a racist thing until like, mom, do you understand? Like, listen to what you're saying. It was just a saying to her, you know what I mean? Like she didn't mean anything by it. The context behind it meant nothing racial, right? But, but it, it, way, if that wasn't her intent, then it wasn't racial. Now, see, I, my yeah, mother's white. People, my dad is black. My most, mother's white most now. Most people won't take it. And the first time I ever heard that word nigger was my mother calling me that. Remember your grandma called me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then my grandma your, called, grandma called, called you a nigger. But so I'm like, the funny that? thing is she called me that, but I'm welcome in her house. Yeah, you welcome in the house. <laughs> right, you know, you know, but you're you know, still a nigger, boy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, I want the house nigger. <laughs> I was just welcome there. I was spent. I, I was over there all the time. But see, I don't know if my grandma was. You know, they came up from that time been. where you know there was. Yeah, and that's that's what racist. I'm saying, right? Like yeah. the they were racist. Yeah, the world evolves, right? Yeah. The 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 terminology we use evolves during time, right? No, no, so, no, 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 no. She and, called and him a nigger. I, it wasn't. It wasn't evolved. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> she called him a nigger because I remember hey, no, I looked at him. No, 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 no. <laughs> let, let me rephrase it. I mean, what I, what I was saying is that over time, you know, language, culture, um, you know, who we are as people, we all evolve, right? So, you know, coming up, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. In fifty years, years, all you're gonna see is people with my color, color my skin tone. Yeah, hundred years, it's all you're gonna see. Caramel, caramel, motherfuckers. Hey, it's looking pretty. I don't know if you kind of you kind of pasty, man. I don't know. Hey, I'm caramel. Hey, hold on, no disrespect, but I thought you was white. <laughs> no, well, I, listen, uh, listen. I, I have listen, I got straight hair. I got straight hair. Everybody calls me Lebanese, Egyptian, Arab, Mexican. Yeah. I get everything, man. I get everything. But you're black. And you know what? It is what it is because I am. I'm half. My, my father's black. My mother's white. What right? do you I'm identify Caribbean, with, though? Black, you know that man. Every person that has a little bit of color in them, they're always they're always that colored side. No, yeah. because you know, but well, everybody identify you as black or a different race, like you said. Like, I, but I you identify Arab. as black. So see, you can't pull that bullshit what? on me, podcast Pete, because I'm half black. Myself. No, no. I, so listen. So but, yeah, no. I say I say I'm black because I know, like when I'm, I know even coming up, I you know I felt, and you can probably relate to this too. But you could be you be coming you, up. You could be kind of prejudiced towards black people too, can't you? I could be. I, listen, I hate. I, I'm racist to everybody. No, 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 okay, no. Okay, no, I have no, everything I'm in me. About I'm, as, I'm talking about as a mulatto. 
black and white. That's a mulatto. Yeah. You could be you could be kind of racist towards black people too, though. Is it because right? of the feeling oh, like oh, I'm not absolutely. fully black? No, because you know, I don't never think like yeah. that. I just like, man, fuck that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I don't never think like that. Yeah, no, see I think racial. No, I'm right see, now, I'm never I, I uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not racial. Like I, I try not to be racist or racial at all. But I also don't hold my tongue. If I'm going to say something, I'm going to say it. And if somebody's going to give me shit for it, I say, "Listen, this is just how I feel." And if you have an issue with that, you can come talk to me directly as a man, right? See, a lot of people, a lot of people confuse the things that other people are saying simply because a lot of this bullshit that's going on right now is online. We don't have these face-to-face communications anymore. We don't have long-form. We don't have long-form interviews like we're doing right now, right? We don't have people don't have time to sit down and talk anymore, right? Technology is getting in the fucking way. So, you know, what's the easy What's the easiest thing to do, right? You see something you don't like on on social media? Oh, you write something fucking stupid. You don't think it's going to affect anybody, right? And that could have racial undertones to it, right? But people will never know if it does or if it doesn't because they don't know you in person. They don't know how you're feeling. They don't know the context. There's no context behind those words because you can't read body language. You can't read the man's eyes. You can't you can't see their bodies. They're, they're, they're gesturing while they're doing it, right? So there's a lot of this bullshit coming out where a lot of people say a lot of things about me, especially now that I have all these fucking listeners. A lot of people will say a lot of things about me, and I will never, ever back down from anybody. So when when, when people call me a racist or when people call me an Uncle Tom or a coon or they say, you know, you're very discriminatory between uh, uh, towards this group of people, I say, listen, motherfucker, I am that group of people. And they say, well, what do you know? You don't have any native in you. Okay, cool. I don't have native in me, but I I can I can compare myself to their to their culture and how you know how they're treated within this society because I'm part of that too. I was treated the exact same way, you know. So I, and and also I'm not very I'm not very sensitive, you know. So people can say whatever the fuck they want to me, and I just I, it kind of I kind of dust it off my shoulder and say, okay, let me educate you now, you ignorant motherfucker. You know see, what I mean? That's what that's what it is right now. Like like you can say whatever the hell you want about me. Like yo, I tell people all the time, man, I've been fat all my life. Ain't no fat jokes you can tell to me. I don't give a fuck about them. You can call me whatever you want to go mm-hmm. to me. You can call my skin tone. I don't care what you call me. I know who I am as a person. I know who I'm. You know, I know how I'm raising my son. I know how I'm loving my family. I don't give a fuck what you say about me. See, Akuna Matata, bitch. Right. Akuna Matata. That's insane. <laughs> uh, I, I don't give a fuck about none of but that. But my view on being like mixed and mulatto, right, is. I don't you know if we're getting sound, off subject, but I, no, no, no. I but I'm just saying. But we are our own people, though. At the end of the day, because I mean, we're we're grown at a rapid rate. You know what I'm saying? We were the house niggas during slavery. Absolutely. We were slaves as well. So, but I think you know we're miss. A lot of people look at us differently, like we're weird, but they don't understand how our brains work. We understand both sides because we are white and black. Mm-hmm. So we can't like we're not having right. this battle within ourselves like oh I don't want to be that I don't want you you identify with both, um so yeah. what, what accepts me is uh you know my black side of the family, uh so I you know so for for me it's just like you know being mulatto is like it's a superpower I'm not I got I'm, the best of both I'm, worlds I'm, and I can understand it really both. is right hey, you, look, you feel I'm, invincible right yeah hey, hey, I fuck un- both of y'all I'm not really no, telling see, this mulatto word but see this, <laughs> this is why this is why I had an issue with <laughs> no, all my black no, ass no, cousins no, growing up wait a minute he I just said mulatto four times mulatto that's us we gotta identify as our own group now that's a new race now it's been a race what the fuck you mean but listen hold on my issue with, 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 with my black ass cousins growing up, they didn't like me because you know why? I was a pretty fucking pretty boy to group. There ain't no that. fucking ugly yes. mixed person in the world. Yes. You know why yes. else they hated me? Because I had that beautiful, beautiful fucking hair that they couldn't have. You ain't got it no more. I ain't got it no mm-hmm. more though. But it's okay. Yo, I got. I used to get called half breed a lot by all my black friends. You know, oh, and my hey, white friends too. They used to call me half breed. No, yeah, I got no, it from both no, sides we, too. We we called him like, and you know, this is my cousin. We grew up as brothers. This is my cousin. I didn't call the. I didn't call the dude a half breed. No, 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 no. But you know what? They used to call me that really pissed me the fuck off was hunky. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Hunky? They'll call me a hunky. See, that's weird. See, the only like if it was going like that, I would get called. I would get called nigger. And nigger, no, no, right? No, 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 no. But the I would never folks. get like. I would never get called. Cr- yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. My black people, my like white people, that are tr- piss me off. They call me a nigger, right? But by black folks to piss me off, they would just call me half breed. They wouldn't call me honky that, or crap I don't, or like that, right? If I see or somebody say half breed to me, that don't mean shit to me. Now, on both sides, oh, that's, that's, that shit okay. makes me want to fucking knuckle up. It right doesn't. Quick. It doesn't do nothing for me. So, so but on, on my, you know, if a, if a white person calls me a nigger, I'm ready to fight. If a black dude calls me a honky, I'm ready to fight. You know, like what is you like? What the fuck you mean? I'm a, so, you know, what I'm saying so, whatever. So see, see, we'd have to you, start a podcast so called Black and you, White and just 
you, you, you mulatto guys, you, you're the mulatto, mulatto motherfucker. I can't even pronounce it no more. Nigga. Y'all see racism on both ends. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, race, mm-hmm. you see racism like black people. We can understand both. We can understand listen, both sides. I posted this. Yeah, I posted this on Facebook. I said, "Listen, man, uh, mixed breed, mixed breed people get racism from both sides, but y'all ain't ready to have that conversation, right?" And so many of the people I grew up with, especially the colored guys I grew up with, they've commented like, "What the fuck are you talking about this and that?" And I had to straighten them up. I said, "Listen, you motherfuckers call me half breed. You would fucking, you would purposely not, you would go out of your way to disrespect me because you felt I wasn't good enough because I wasn't full black, even though I'm from the Caribbean. That's a melting pot of fucking culture. You know what I mean?" And to have these conversations with guys when we're 35, 36, 37 year olds, guys I've known for 25 years, they're like, shit, I didn't know you felt that way, man. How can you say anything? I'm motherfucker, I did say shit. You just weren't listening because you weren't trying to hear it. Hey, like, I did a little research and I knew I was talking to two mulattoes. You guys was the outcast of our race. It, the outcast yeah. of all races. Before, for one, back in the slavery days when the master hit. The, the, the black one. Yeah, we was the house niggas. The house niggas, and but you, mm-hmm. you still wouldn't accept it. We still, no, hell no, we were Because nope. you was Not half white, because you was half white and you was taking out the field. So that made an attitude with us. Yeah, yeah. had to be in the field because, you know, my back hurt. No, but and, that was, that was, and I got pretty fingers. That was by plan, though. Fucked up. That was by plan, though. I mean, and it still works. And that same plan today, though. still works today because they took today. us, they took us out the field. The, the people who were in the fields or who got whipped and cracked every day. They uh, felt the resentment for that, you know, basically putting us on a pedestal because we were allowed in the so-called big house, right? right? So let me tell you how that works today. Today, we don't like each other because the shades of our skin. You see a, a very dark dude and a very light-skinned dude. That, that's where this thing came from, and this uh, Jim Crow law. So that's where this thing comes from, you know, dark skin versus light skin. Mm-hmm. We still we hate ourselves. You feel what I'm saying? Hey, we hate ourselves that much. We got to we got to argue over the shades of our skin color. You see how ridiculous this conversation has turned? We, we we've gone from we've gone from having a great conversation about the word nigga to talking about how ashamed we are as people. You know, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with with other brothers is because not only could I could probably carry a conversation for the 42 minutes we've been going, but it would be me venting, right? There wouldn't be any open conversation. There wouldn't there wouldn't be any new information added. No, listen, hey, listen. This is gonna be this is probably gonna want to be one of the longer shows, and I'm gonna let this motherfucker run for as long as the conversation goes because at this point, I think we need like let's just let's just take a look at the words we're using, right? Or the words they used to use, right? House nigger, feel nigger. You know what I mean? It, all you know, there's all these there's all these words, and it's how rich nigga poor nigga right but you're looking at it like yeah yeah exactly right but you're looking at it there's, there's always that word nigger at the end of it yeah. right that word nigger is always there so how do we go for, how do we go well, from changing that keep us fucking... in our place though i don't know we got to defeat the jim crow man we got to educate ourselves we got to be we got to we got to unite as a people we got to support one another none of that shit happens man i was talking to rick ross Rick Ross said if all black people pull together, pull all their, you know, around the world, pull their all their money together, we will have something like $7 trillion. We will be like the seventh richest nation in the world. But this shit is designed for us to, to fail because we don't support each other. A white person well, there's, would there's support me. You know, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I got tons of white people supporting me. I understand. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be- because, you know, they see what I'm doing. They see I'm doing a great thing. They support me because of who I am. But black people don't support you until you make it. You know, it's not like, not let's live. There's, that's because there's so much jealousy and envy and look what this guy has and I want what he has, right? And it's keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, look, you got a 65-inch TV? Cool. Here's my 80-inch. You know, oh, you got the new J3s? Okay, I'm going to get those J1s. You know what I mean? We, we, we always, for some reason, we always have to look fresh and be beat the fucking next person, right? Right. So a question I ask both of y'all, because I like I understand what y'all saying and, and I, it's right. Yeah, we could, we should just abolish the word or whatever. But how you, how you, how you reach the, how you reach the masses? They're, they're, how, I mean, how, where you go? How you start? We scream it from the fucking. We get a we get a megaphone out and scream it on podcast, man. That's this is the reason I started this podcast and. and Honestly, and the reason I haven't monetized, I haven't put any commercials on this thing or ads or anything is because 
I'm able to say whatever the fuck I want on this show without any with any, without any backlash, like monetarily, right? My advertisers aren't going to pull their spots, but I want to be able to have these conversations. And by having these conversations, advertisers are scared to come on the show. They're scared to advertise because they don't want that kind of flack. They don't want that negativity surrounding them. And this talk right here, this is a positive talk. There's nothing negative about what we've been saying here, right? Except advertisers get scared as soon as they hear the word nigga. We can't, this, this word has such a grip on everybody these days and everybody's so scared to use it. And if they do use it, they're using it in a context where they feel safe, right? And this, this, whole, this whole thing about not being able to say what we need to say and discuss the words that we need to discuss so we can actually move past into the new era and, and, and evolve into the next step is being pushed to the side because there's so much fucking bullshit and sensitivity online that people aren't having that either. So how do we go from... So how do we go from, you know, people getting so sensitive and, and, and just clapping back at people when they use these words or use these terms? How do we go from there to to where we want to be? I think we got to lead by example. You know, we, we, we are a culture who definitely follows. Um, we are a culture who, who loves leaders. So I think we got to lead by example. Once enough of us are doing it, everybody will fall in line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know why, you know, I... Once I got into Islam and not the nation of Islam, but Islam itself, I learned so much more about our history of our people through Islam. Mm -hmm. And it was like, man, we just got to be a better people. We got to, you know, we were so great at one point and our history was just lost and we don't know how great we were. I think if we really lead by example, everyone else would just fall in line. So I think that's what we need to do. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, he said it's smooth. I'm gonna say it like this though, like, fuck it. If my if my homeboy wanted to be like, man, let's not say nigga no more. Well, let's not say nigga no more. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> so well, why, I guess... why don't you have that conversation? Why don't you go to say, yo, let's, let's, let's stop this. Let's well, stop okay, this. Why don't you go to say, let's, let's stop this. Well, so leading by example is doing what you say you're gonna do. Be who you gonna be mm-hmm. and everything like that. I'm not gonna say nigga no more. If I say nigga, that's ten dollars in a jar. You pledging to that right now? I am pledging to that right now. Okay. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Okay, After I'll the podcast, because we saying that. After the podcast, <laughs> you pledging. I was about to I, say, I was about to hey, say, you owe me about $50,000. Hey, <laughs> After the podcast, <laughs> yo, I I'm, I really want the betterment of our people. Mm-hmm. And regardless, of, I'm, whoever yeah. hear me or whatever or not, if, um, I'm going to do what I say and say what I mean. I'm one of those type of people. I like that. So, I like that, you know, and that's and that's the thing. I, I, we we have to have this accountability and responsibility within our own self first, right? We can't we can't expect we can't expect somebody else to hold us accountable gotta, for our own actions. We right? got to stop. I don't know how it is in Canada, but here in the states, we blame everyone else but ourselves. Right. You get what I'm right? saying? Exactly. We blame everyone else for for the current events. That's what I'm saying. Uh, for our like education and our generational wealth, we can still blame that on slavery. That's why I I believe like uh, reparations, you know the 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 money needs to be paid to the descendants of the slave. And people say, well, why none of you were ever in slavery? Well, this is why because our generational wealth was taken away because of slavery. Our education was taken away because of slavery. We got set back four hundred or two hundred years, however long it was. We were set back that long. You were still able to continue to, you know, uh, build generational wealth, pass on property and deeds and and gold and, and businesses to your family. We weren't we weren't able to do that. So let me say that we could still keep that blame. But I'm saying like for current events, we got to stop blaming people. We got to step up to the plate, hold each other accountable and do what we need to do. See, I like that take, and that on that on that, guys, we're gonna end it. But listen, I appreciate you guys so much for that. That is that is the greatest way because I say that all the time. And listen, I'm gonna have to have you guys back on the show because that conversation, what you just got into about stop blaming everybody else, what we're doing now, that conversation needs to be had, and it's gonna be it's gonna happen soon. I think I think we should get you guys on here in the next week or two, have another have another chop up, and do what we got to do, guys. Because I really like 
I really like the way you guys are approaching things. And and by the way, uh, to the listeners out there, listen, uh, I know I've told you guys about Chantmaker before, but he is a professional boxing coach. He works with kids all day. Um, so the city of Toledo actually locked him out of his boxing gym, and he's looking for... Uh, well, I guess uh, Tony Diaz said he's going to get you another spot if he wins Councilman. Um, but he does have a GoFundMe up, guys. I will link to that in the description. Uh, if you guys feel so inclined, please go down there and check it out. Support your people. Support your people making good moves in the community. Support the people that are doing things for the next generation. Because like I keep saying, guys, that is all we have to give is our next generation. All right. We're already screwed in this one. So we might as well, we might as well help with the next ones. Hopefully they can do better. Listen, and, and, and let me just add on to that. So with the people, you know, in the gym that I deal with, we're not just building boxing champions. We're building life champions. I've, you know, I've trained firefighters, paramedics, police officers. I've coached people into, you know, gaining their own business, entrepreneurs, buying their houses, teaching them about their credit. So it's a real mentorship program. Boxing is what draws them in. My goal is to make successful, productive citizens to be happy with themselves. All colors and races. And I'm about to go back yeah, to stripping, listen, so support my stripping dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was gonna say that sounds great. Um, <clears throat> that doesn't sound great, Phil. I'm not. I'm not coming to see you on a pole. And that's not happening, my that's man. My, you gotta find a pole to hold his ass. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm the. Uh, I cut to the comedic. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna cut the. Uh, you know, everybody's serious, but I do uh, support um, the boxing gym and all that stuff. Um, I'm there with them sometimes. Uh, I, I've been listening to you podcast piece, so I, I like what you're doing. Um, I'm support you too. So. If you're doing positive stuff, I'm out that. there to I'm supporting. I'm I'm down for the cause. Uh, I'm big enough to beat people asses, so represent. Yeah, the morning pee, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you get a knock at the door like you ain't listen to morning pee today. Oh yeah, you got to get it. Hey man, look. Oh I, shit. I, no, I really truly love your show, man. I, you know, I'm a fan of it now. Like I said, bro, if I want that energy, I come to your show. You know, when when you release them, keep. Don't don't go on that hiatus like you did before, man. Keep that shit going, yeah. man. The morning <laughs> pee, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate you guys. I love you. Seriously, I love you guys. Thank you for coming on the show. You guys were officially the first guests I've ever had on this show. I've had guests on other shows, but um, I wanted to be sure I brought on people that uh, that knew what the hell they were talking about with this topic. And, of course, I didn't want to tackle this topic by myself. This is my fourth week, and so I'm thank- a Packers legend. Uh, I'm a podcast <laughs> legend on my fourth week. Get some, yo, good old boy. Listen, I told, I, listen, I, I told, I told Lamar. I said, listen, man. Since since Phil was started being on the uh, Everyday Talk podcast, man, it uh, it's really piqued my interest, man. It was uh, it was it was really good. It was good when Lamar was by himself, but since you come on there, man, you add a different perspective and you add a different flavor, man. And I really like the uh, I really like the, the the direction that podcast is going, man. So keep it up, guys. If you want to hear more of uh, Big Phil and Lamar Chantmaker, right? Be sure to check out the Everyday Podcast, Everyday Talk Podcast. Uh, I'll leave the link in the description below, guys. Make sure and check it out. I promise you, you will not be dis- with disappointed. Boys, say good night. Good night, there is. <laughs> and with that. We out this motherfucker. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Shit.